1: Hello and welcome to episode 126 of the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. I'm Tim Robertson, the host of the Observer's Notebook, and also the coordinator of the training program within the ALPO. Thanks for downloading and listening. The LPO collects and analyzes observations of various solar system bodies and associated phenomena, and publishes detailed reports concerning these bodies in its quarterly publication, The Journal of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers, also known as the Strolling Astronomer. This podcast depends upon donations from you, our listeners, to keep it alive. If you enjoy what you hear, you can donate to it via Patreon by giving as little as $1 a month. If you feel even more generous for $5, dollars you receive early access to the podcast before it goes public. For a monthly donation of $10, you receive a copy of the Novice Observer's Handbook. And for $35 a month, you receive producer credits on the podcast. You can help us out by going to www.patreon.com slash Observer's Notebook. And if you'd like to join the Alpo, membership begins at only $18 a year. Find out more at www.alpo-astronomy.org. And we're also on the Facebook Just search for ALPO Astronomy And this podcast also has a Facebook page as Well, just search for Observer's Notebook And if you enjoy what you hear in the podcast Please subscribe That way you'll never miss any episode We have a uh, special episode today It was recorded during the recent ALPO conference uh, That we did on Zoom And is with Alberto Antonios Who uh, is talking about wrinkles on the moon Stay tuned from argentina our good friend alberto Aizzero. Uh he's the uh, acting assistant coordinator of the lunar topographic studies program and he's going to talk about wrinkles on the moon so take it away albert
0: hi friends they you hear me right <laughs> yes well uh, good evening friends it's a pleasure and a great great honor to be here now we will talk about some about the lunar feature whose amateur observation is fairly unfrequent. Why observe wrinkle Reaches? As an amateur observer, I dare say that it's because of its intrinsic beauty, its fleeting beauty, that appears one night and disappears the next. In one of the most beautiful books, written about the moon, Thomas Elger, uses very poetic images. They have a very evanescent beauty that gradually disappears as the sun rises higher, leaving nothing but a ghostly streak, and then not a trace. They are beautiful and they have a strange similarity with the only appreciable elevation in the orographic relief of my land, Entre Ríos, in the center of Argentina, the Lomadas, Thomas Elger also found similar features in Ireland and Scotland called Kames, as we see in the right. Uh, this feature has a different origin, but could, we, could be very similar to the wrinkled ridges, as seen from the surface of the moon. If we could see the wrinkled ridges from the surface of the moon, a landscape that It is illustrated in this magnificent image of the Japanese probe Kaguya. This is one of the few images taken in lunar orbit with oblique illumination that allow us to appreciate the wrinkle reaches. What would be the really analogous landforms on Earth? Their lack of identification on Earth has made it difficult to analyze the origin the origin of wrinkle reaches on the moon. They were first identified on the moon and then searched for on earth where they are very rare. Subsequently, wrinkle ridges have been identified on Mercury, Venus and Mars. On Earth, features that are morphologically similar to wrinkle reaches on the moon and Mars occur where thrust faults have broken the surface. On the Moon, they only deform the surface. There is no definitive consensus on the cause of the formation of wrinkled ridges on the Moon. There seems to be at least a provisional consensus that they are compressional features of tectonic origin, which are the surface result of a tectonic process of compression within the inner crust from the loading by basalt field that generates a blind thrust fault below and an ant and anticline above. It is interesting to note that all the wrinkled ridges have some orientation north-south with a stress direction east-west, all formed in a common and continuous process that occur in a short of period of time, geological speaking, after basalt emplacement. In this image, we see at the bottom, a tectonic process of compression within the inner crust that generates a blind thrust fault below and an anticline above, which is the wrinkle ridges. Reach. Let us look at some characteristics of these lunar features, which are obviously related to the maria, which is the basins filled with basaltic lavas. Uh, there are three types of wrinkled ridges: concentric to the center of the maria or basins, parallels, which is uh, radials with respect to the center of the basins, and isolated segments. We can observe, even visually with a small telescope, that wrinkled ridges are a system of related, related individual components, segmented features along a general sinus trend as we see in this magnificent image of someone you know very well, our lunar coordinator, David Tesk. Now, let's see how we could uh, recognize uh, morphological data on amateur observations, both visually and photographic. Even visually, with a small telescope, we can clearly distinguish the two superimposed components of a wrinkle ridge. Uh, The arch, which is composed by a broad and gently sloping, on the right, and a steeper slope, in the left. The arch is several kilometers wide and not too high. tends to follow pre-existing structures as the circumference of of the basin or the rim of a buried, buried crater. The other component is the crest or crenulated ridge or major ridge uh, which is uh, sharper and more irregular than the arch not too wide but uh, but more high than wide We see in the left image the two ways in which the crest segments which the crest segments form a regular pattern above the arch. In A, generally the crest runs parallel to the arch in a sinus map pattern, first along one one margin and then along the other margin of the arch. But sometimes the crest, or crenulated ridge, runs at some angle to the main train of the arch in an echelon pattern. The crenulated ridge tend to occur oriented in a dominant direction along the entire length of the wrinkle ridge, marked by the throat fault that is beneath. My first approach to a systematic observation of wrinkle ridges dates back to when I selected photographic images to send to a focus on section of the lunar observer. But it was the visual observation that led me to, registri- to register details as lights and shadows in its, its structure, although those brights and shadows did not correspond many times with what we could find, for example, in the Virtual Moon Atlas or the ruculs Atlas. This was an annoying feeling. I was drawing, I was seeing structures or details that I could not find in atlases. It was with the reading of a wonderful book, The Mother Moon, A Personal View by Charles Wood, that I was freed from that annoying feeling. In Wood's work, moreover, the explanation of the structure of the wrinkled riches is very clear and it made it easier for me to read the specialized ratings, which uh, works, which I have already summarized very briefly. It is hard to visually distinguish with my little four inch scope, the crest from the arch. But if we look at this ancient and a bit primitive uh, drawing of a wrinkled ridge that intersects Luther Crater, we can see a ridge formed by a pattern of shadow and brightness, with two brighter areas that would be the highest points of the crest on the arch. In this set of wrinkled ridges around Norman Crater, we see yellow arrows, the most classic shadow and and brightness pattern from which we could infer visually the existence of a steep slope of the arch, the slope that casts shadows and the gentler l- slope that strongly reflects sunlight. The blue arrows show us a ridge whose presence we can only infer by the shadow it casts without, without bright areas. We can deduce that it is high and not very broad and with a less steep slope than the ridge indicated by the red arrows. In this case, what most caught my attention in the main segment is a much brighter area located at its edge and bordering the shadow, which seemed to even have shagged edges. To the limited, I marked it with a black line that I did not that I didn't observe. It is a simply a simple resource to demarcate the brightest area from the rest of the bright area. Uh, Surely, the the, the crest of the wrinkle ridges. I have seen these brighter areas on other occasions, and I believe that they are the brightest and therefore highest areas of the upper segment of the wrinkle ridge. In this, um, visual observation is a valuable source of information. Let's see what photographic observation can contribute to the study of wrinkle ridges. The wrinkled ridge that appears in this image by Sergio Bavino is a, a well-known one, Dorsa Smirnov in the Mare Serenitatis. In the first detail of the previous image, we see the two ways in which the crenulated ridge or crest can appear on top of the arch. This part is visible as a bright part. In the segment one, Run parallel to the arch. In segment two, it ran at some angle to the main train of the arch in an echelon pattern. We also see the clear difference between a gently sloping in one side, which reflects, uh, which reflects sunlight, and a drop off on the other side in shadows. I choose the second detail uh, of the previous image because it shows the complexity of the relief of the of the slopes of a wrinkle ridge, marked by the nuances of the shadow. This, images, this image is uh, by a fellow observer of the Sociedad Lunar Argentina, and it is a uh, wrinkle ridge in Mare Imbrium near Herschel Crater. In this detail, we see another morphological characteristic. The crest runs first along one margin and then along the other margin of the uh, arch. The migration of the upper segment or granulated ridge or crest from one side of the arch to the other is seen more clearly in an, uh, in this detail the steepest slope is in shadow and on the schentler slope the crenulated the, uh, this would be the steeper slope which is in shadow and then on the schentler and um, less high uh, slope of the arch we can see the crest that passes to one side of the arch to the other side of the arch. And we also see a fork at the bottom that is two separated segments of the of the same uh, ridge. In this image, we have a beautiful panorama from Archimedes to the vicinity of the North Pole. But if we enlarge the image, by focusing on the red area enclosed by the red circle, um, we can distinguish the morphological component of this nameless, nameless uh, wrinkled ridge. The red arrows mark the beginning of the arch of the wrinkled ridge, the area in which the slope is gentler, while the blue arrow marks the steep slope, which casts shadows at the top of which is the crest or crenulated ridge, which is the brightest part. The crest migrates from one end of the arch to the other in both segments. You see, we see it in orange. Uh, orange marks the, the crest. The image on the left is the record of the map of lunar wrinkle reaches of the Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter quick map. The image in the center is the same image as we, that we see we saw in the previous slide, with the addition of what we consider to be the edge of the arc in red and the granulated ridge or crest in orange, which appears to be uh, lean to the left. The image on the right on the yes, on the right uh, is the segment of the ridge within the red circle and the of the on the image of the left, whose relief we will see in the next slide. The relief of the area using the lunar orbiter laser altimeter of the lunar reconnaissance orbiter quick map confirms that the crenulated ridge. Passes on the left above the steep slope, while the slope on the right is much smoother. Uh, this is the we put together the, the the graphic. We can see that this is this point is the point of maximum altitude. Uh, is the highest point. There is some discrepancy with the. Uh, LRO map uh, data and uh, the observation. What would be the contribution of the photographic observation on wrinkle reaches with amateur equipment? Quite a big one, I think, as long as the quality of the images is not affected by the zooming by zooming in, like the examples we saw. It surpasses visual observation in that it allows to obtain details of wrinkled ridges, which are far from the terminator. Uh, And the visual observation is uh, restricted to the areas near the terminator. Photographic observation allows to distinguish clearly the component, arch and crest, and its details while visual observation allow us, allow us to distinguish gradations um, of shadows and brights more clearly. In order to refine the morphological data obtained by the observation, we could add indication of brightness using the earlier the scale, planning the observation by preparing a template with a rich plot Add generic indications to every to the observations, such as um, are there shadows, how dark are these shadows? Is the crest visible at the top of the arch? Uh, there are brighter spots in the crest. Is there a change in direction of the crest? Is there any segment that is not included in the lunar reconnaissance orbiter quick map as a wrinkle ridge? Etc. Et Now, the question is, would be valuable or interesting a wrinkle-rich observation program? Uh, I don't know, perhaps. It is possible that we could contribute with our our observations to the study of the wrinkle-riches, following a very notable example, the Alpo Lunar domes program. As the study of lunar domes, the study of wrinkle ridges in, in words of another wonderful lunar book, and I quote, is only possible based on images of the lunar surface acquired under strongly oblique illumination conditions. As a consequence, uh, gro- ground based images obtained using telescopes and CCD cameras, like those commonly used by well equipped. Amateur astronomers are still of great value for the morphological and morphometric analysis of lunar domes, or wrinkled ridges in the geological context, uh, as uh, Rafael Olena and others say. Well, uh, thank you very much, and pardon please my English. Your English is very good.
1: Oh, Alberto. This is Jim Melka. I was wondering, are these the uh, wrinkle ridges, the remnants of waves in in the liquid ma- magma? Uh, you know,
0: when the uh, when they were formed. Is that clear? Um, like a wave. Yes, it, I'm not a, I'm observer. I'm not a, I included some data, some geological data, because it is um, useful to uh, explain the observations. I think it, it has to be it, um, one of the causes is, is this um, emplacement of the lava over pre existing structures. And, um, but, but, is it, but it's also a connection between, between um, with a, 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 a far deep um, process uh, below the surface. Um, event uh, it seems that some um, fault that make an, an elevation and the lava in, in a way responds to this. Um, Elevation did this inner crust elevation. Um, But it is they are a very low uh, geological relief. Um, (laughs) So it is very interesting how we could could observe them uh, only visually, uh, only uh, near the terminator with this uh, shadow uh, effect of. Augmentation. um, um, It's it's a very similar observation to the observation of of lunar domes. That is that it requires very um, oblique illumination. Thank you. This is Ken here. uh, Alberto, yes, still there. I think uh, this might be a great program. To talk with David Teske about, David's online, and making it sort of a sub program to the lunar, what do they call it? The lunar selected areas program. Because there, there are thousands and thousands of domes, and there are probably just as many, if not more, wrinkle ridges, but they're not named. But the lunar selected areas, uh, you know, we have maps of various things. This might be something as a various uh, visual exercises for people that are interested in that. Good job. Thank you. Alberto, this is is Wayne Bailey. Um, Can you hear me, Alberto? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to point out that most observations are made in the evening, which is... Uh, one direction of illumination of wrinkle ridges, it would be interesting to look at, at illumination from the other side uh, in the waning phases of the moon instead of waxing phases. Um, some of that's done in the uh, just past full when it's still up in the evening. Um, it's very much less likely on the western half of the moon, where it's pre-dawn at low, uh, well, sorry, low illuminations. Uh, that may be one of the things to consider. And I'd back Ken's suggestion that that, that would be a good program within the selected area, selected areas program, the um, concentration within that. Thank you for a good presentation. Thank you. And Alberto, this yes. is
1: David. Great program. I think it would be a good idea for the selected areas program. Yes, It'd be yes, very yes. interesting.
0: We could use um, the, um, the database, uh, the, the gallery of images to search and zoom in, in uh, and perhaps uh, collect a, a good uh, amount of uh, images uh, to make uh, a, st- a study of certain uh, wrinkle ridges. See what you started. Correct. You can Sorry. certainly use all the images I sent in on, for focus on. Uh, just spell the name right. That's all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, how do you spell? How do you spell wood? H I L.
1: Okay. Very good, Albert. I appreciate it. You always do a good you. presentation there. Thank you. <laughs> Well, I hope you all enjoyed uh, Alberto's talk from the ALPO conference from this year. Uh, If you'd like to review his slides, uh, just go to the show notes, and there's a link there where you can download all of his slides and uh, take a look at it. I want to thank him again. Um, We upload a new episode of the Observer's Notebook on the 1st and 15th of every month. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please rate and review us. I really appreciate it. And you can also listen to us on Apple Radio, iHeart Radio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon Echo, and now on Spotify. That just happened this week. Uh, we hope you can support the podcast by donating to it via Patreon by giving up to $35 a month where you'll receive one year's membership to the Alpo and producer credits on the podcast. With that, I want to thank the producers of this podcast, Steve Seentop and Mike Moore. For their continued generous support of the Observer's Notebook The link for Patreon, as well as the link for the Alpo, is in the show notes If you'd like to get a hold of me, my email address is cometman at cometman.net Or on Twitter at at ObserversNBPod Until next time, my hope is you always have clear and steady skies Thanks for listening